0: Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today, we're going to be talking about tax loss harvesting, and tax gain harvesting. Good afternoon, Larry, how are you? I'm doing terrific, Eric, how are you? Doing very, very well, fresh off the holidays. I hope you had some uh, rest and relaxation? I did, got to see the family, which is always nice. Always nice. Uh, Yes. All right, so today we are talking about tax loss harvesting and tax gain harvesting. Let's take them one at a time here. What is tax loss harvesting?
1: Yeah, so tax loss harvesting, that's the one term that, you know, everyone might have heard about. The tax gain harvesting is kind of a unique phrase, which I'll go into in a few few minutes. So, so tax loss harvesting really gives you an opportunity to save some money on taxes when we go through some of the current stock market environment and some of the volatility. Okay. Um, it's, it's a way of booking a loss, but maintaining your position in the particular stock or for, for us we, you know the particular particular mutual fund hmm. okay So the, the way it, the way it works is so let's say you have a mutual fund um, or even a, a piece of a mutual fund. a lot of times now you can identify the actual uh, the, the piece that you that you bought through, depending upon the tax position that you've selected, whether it's average cost basis or a specific identification. But let's just say it's just one one particular fund and that you bought that fund and the fund has gone down. I'm just going to use for right now, let's say you have a ten thousand dollar loss on the on the fund and you bought the you know, the stock fund and you understand this for long term. So you're not you know, really too concerned about this. Mm-hmm. But what about a way of actually making that $10,000 loss tax deductible to, to you? So how, how, does that, how does that work? So you find a similar fund, and what you do is you sell the, the one fund that's down 10,000 and you buy a similar fund on the same day. Hmm. So what you're doing is you're booking an unrealized loss to a realized loss. And then you hold that similar fund for 30 days. Uh, and the reason why you do that is because of what's called the wash sale rules. And if you if you just did it with prior to 30 days, the government wouldn't allow you to book that loss. But if you hold that fund for 30 days and then you go back and you re, you sell the, the new fund you bought and repurchase the, the old fund. So now you've booked that, that $10,000 loss and the one risk that you would have if you just sold the the fund and didn't buy a similar fund what happened if, if in those 30 days the, the stock market rallied if the fund went up and let's say the fund went up ten thousand dollars um your, your gain could have been your loss could have been wiped out and you'd be at the same position but normally it wouldn't have and then let's say a fund went up a thousand dollars you still have a net nine thousand dollar loss Mm-hmm. And it's a possibility in that 30 days that the new fund you you bought also went down, giving you even a big, you know, bigger loss. So you're converting an unrealized loss into a realized loss. And depending upon what tax bracket you're in, if you're in the 15 or 20 percent, you know, tax bracket, you know, sometimes, you know, we have clients that, you know, have had hundreds of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that are losses that either can be offset against gains or carry forward for future years offsetting to, you know, to gains. So, you know, this, you know, again, this can save thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars on your your tax returns.
0: Okay, Larry, let me ask you a question just to clarify it for myself and the audience, I guess. So you you realize it or you have a $10,000 loss, you sell it, you buy a similar fund, right? Keep it for 30 days. Let's say that similar fund doesn't move, it stays the exact same for the 30 days just in our in our example. Then you sell it and repurchase the original fund that you lost 10,000 on originally, but let's say during that 30 days it went up $5,000. So now you've repurchased it. What would be your realized loss? Would it still be the ten well, thousand, or no, is it now five? Yeah, no, so
1: it'd be the ten thousand. You you repurchased the similar fund, so so what happened in those thirty days on that fund is irrelevant to you. So you're now buying that new fund at whatever price, but you've now realized the full ten thousand dollar loss. The only time there will be an offset is that this if that similar fund went up.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Thank you.
1: Uh, my pleasure. Again. You know these losses can either be offset against gains, or they can be up to three thousand dollars can be used on the tax return each year, and then carry you know then carry forward. You know, so we'll talk about tax you know tax gain harvesting. But let's say you know you you had a year where you had a lot of gains in it. You know, f- this is a perfect year, two thousand and eighteen. You might have had some gains. From earlier years, or the funds have had gains distributed to you, so now you're able to offset those gains with these losses that you put through. Mm. And you know, if you know, for our clients, sometimes if there's a hundred thousand dollars worth of realized loss, and you're in the fifteen percent back bracket, that's a fifteen thousand in your pocket tax saving for doing this strategy. That's great. And if you don't do it within thirty days, you're at the same position if you if you didn't do this, and you still have the same amount of money, but now you still have an unrealized loss, and you don't get to save any any money on your taxes. Mm. So let's move on. Let's talk about you know tax gain harvesting, and that's kind of a unique term. You know why are you harvesting gains? Okay. So this does well this doesn't really work for you know a couple things well it's really two things you can really do. So let's say you did have a lot of tax losses you were able to harvest and now you have some gain positions that you weren't you didn't really want to book those gains before the end of the year cuz you didn't want to pay taxes on those gains. You were going to wait till next year some of those funds you wanted to diversify out of But now that you have these losses, now you can pare down some of your gains in this particular fund. So that's one way of looking at, uh, you know, a tax gain harvesting. But then really the new way and the new interesting way of looking at this is determining what tax bracket you're in. And this is going to be very, you know, very interesting. But the new tax law has a very interesting factor in here. If you make, if you're married and you make l- less than your taxable income is less than seventy thousand two seventy seven thousand two hundred dollars, you
0: know what your taxable gain rate is Eric. I think according to the last podcast, zero. That's correct. All right, good. good. Somebody's <laughs> listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning a lot, Larry. I appreciate it.
1: So let's say you're you you, you stand you have standardized deductions of twenty four thousand you know twenty four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. If you made you know, twenty four plus seventy seven so one hundred and one thousand dollars, and now your taxable you know your taxable income drops below seventy seven thousand, and you have gains in that particular year. Let's say you're retired and you don't have a lot of income coming in yet, or you had one year where you had some you're in a commission business and one year you didn't have a great year, or you were out of work. Great time to book some of these gains. And pay no taxes on
0: it. Yeah, that's even great. if you
1: don't do even if you don't do anything, you can sell the fund and again rebuy the fund. Now here you don't have a 30 day wait because it's a gain, it's not a loss. So you can sell it and then rebuy the fund right afterwards. And you've booked those, you know, you've booked those gains, and now your cost basis is gonna be much higher. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to do earlier in the year, you know, you really don't know what your income is going to be. So this time of year, when you have a much better idea of what your taxable income is going to be, it's a great time to be looking at this particular strategy. A lot of the mutual funds have already distributed or they've estimated what their, you know, capital gains are going to be. Or you're also in a position of grouping some of your deductions. So let's say you're a little bit, you know, you're a little bit, you know, over, you know, the taxable, you know, taxable number. You may be able to group some of your your deductions. Got it. So it's a very interesting year end tax planning strategy besides the tax Loss harvesting is the tax gain harvesting.
0: So, Larry, when you, if somebody's out there listening to this and they're working with an advisor currently, um, how likely is the advisor to reach out to them or should they be really proactive and reach out to their advisor? What we find
1: is, you know, that we've taken clients over that a a lot of advisors are not proactive in this particular strategy. They're not thinking about clients' taxes, they're just thinking about rates of return and investment returns. They're not doing this. And, you know, what numbers should you do with which, how many funds should you do? So, and, you know, the opportunity, you know, opportunity is timely. So in 2008, we all remember what happened in 2008. And, you know, we for some new clients that we picked up right before the market, we actually had, you know, a, a million dollars in tax loss harvesting we were able to do for a client. Wow. And those losses, we went I don't remember how many years, but years and years and years before any gains, they had to pay taxes on it. You know, it might have been five, six years before they started to pay taxes on their their gains in their port, in their portfolio by by doing that. And, you know, and, and we saw clients that came to us afterwards. And the funds were held for a long period of time and didn't do this tax loss harvesting. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in a lost opportunity because the financial advisors were just running around trying to keep their clients weren't
0: didn't have this strategy put into, you know, put into place. And there are deadlines to this, correct? I mean, there, there are certain cutoff points where you have to have this stuff done by
1: you know, you have to have it done by the, you know, by the end of the year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so that's, it has to be done in, you know, in, you know, in the calendar year. All right. The other thing that I tell potential clients is your accountant is not being proactive with these strategies either. So your financial advisor's is not doing this and your accountant is not, your accountant's just doing, the, your tax returns after you know after the fact they are sure, sure not looking in your investment portfolio during the year and seeing what your unrealized gains and losses are. Even if you don't have an advisor, your accountant's not doing this. You may be unaware of these of these strategies. Yes. So you know so working with a you know wealth management firm like ourselves who are, you know, doing a full financial plan and looking at ways of minimizing taxes, not, you know, not to add benefits, to add real dollars into your pockets. Listen, nobody likes to go through these down periods, but they happen. And when they happen, you want to be proactive and take advantage of them.
0: Yep, absolutely. Larry, from my understanding, uh, a financial advisor, is a fiduciary which means they have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in the best interests of their clients and to me it seems that they aren't if they're not looking at these different tax advantages or the you know the ability to harvest gains or losses is that the case Yeah, you would think
1: that would be the case, and most clients think that's the case when they work with a financial advisor, but that's far from the case. And that's one of the things that kind of separates ourselves from an advisor working at a brokerage-only firm. So working with a registered investment advisor... We do have a fiduciary responsibility for the client. We have to do what's in the best interest of our, of our client. And that's why we do these strategies, whereby you're working with a brokerage firm, at a, a, a big brokerage firm, they only have to do what's suitable for the, for the client. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government was planning on changing that um, for retirement accounts, um, it was passed. They were going to change and make it mandatory that all advisors had to be fiduciaries on retirement accounts, such as IRAs. And some of the firms were actually going to stop managing the IRAs because they didn't want to be fiduciaries. But then government, the, um, President Trump was elected, and he put a squash on that. Hmm. So, so the big brokerage firms don't have to be fiduciaries. So, uh, it, that's a you know a major difference between working with a, a wealth manager who is a you know, fiduciary and one that one that's not. And that's maybe one of the reasons why they don't you know spend time doing in looking at these strategies like we do.
0: Okay, so for anybody that's listening to this, I'm assuming they could actually ask that question: Are you a fiduciary? And they would have to answer that, correct?
1: you know absolutely okay but, you know trying to educate the clients to ask that question you know it, it, it's hard because clients just assume you know assume that mm-hmm. but uh, but it's it's not correct
0: okay so in in finding a fiduciary then how do you how does somebody seek out one that's willing to work with an accountant and willing to work with the entire picture so that the the client themselves can guarantee that they're going to be able to take advantage of All these possibilities with these tax harvest, uh, the gain, harvesting gains and harvesting losses.
1: Yeah, you you know you want to have a wealth manager who works closely with your accountant, like you said, take advantage of these. So what we do is we're now in the process of reaching out to all of our clients' accounts, providing them Mm. with projected income for the you know for the 2018 year, and having the accountant run projections. So if a client needs to make a fir- a, an estimate, a fourth quarter estimate, they can do so now rather than being surprised in, uh, in April. And as part of this, we're also giving them the, you know, the gains and losses and any losses that we're going to be booking on the tax loss, tax loss harvesting. So therefore, the, you know, the, the client now is, is feeling that the two of their advisors are working very closely together in their best interest.
0: That is awesome. Uh, Larry, do you have any closing thoughts about this today?
1: Uh, it, you know, just that you should be aware of these, you know, aware of these strategies. And, and especially if you've recently added money into in, into your investment portfolios, um, ask the question, ask your advisor, is there any tax loss harvesting? Look at your portfolio and see, do you have any losses in there? Um, if you think your income may be below the level, you know, talking to your accountant and saying, am I going to be below this income level. And if yes, then maybe talking to your advisor that, uh, you know, looking at gains that they could, uh, they could tax harvest or finding a firm like Hello Wealth Management that
0: will uh, gladly do this for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this podcast has been dynamite. And I mean that literally because it was a lot of information in a short package or in a small package. uh, And I think it's valuable, valuable information. So thank you so much, Larry, for your time. My pleasure, Eric. And everyone out there, thank you for listening to the Retire Right podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.